Welcome, and thanks for tuning in to the Watermark OC Church Sunday Message. Watermark is a generational community that is crazy passionate about starting a conversation about God, your relationships, and authentic love. If you're interested in getting more information, please click the link in the show notes for next steps. Thanks again for listening. It's our hope and prayer that this message would transform your life. Man, amen. Thanks, Ben. Good to see you guys this morning. Uh, Pastor Bucky, welcome you here. Actually, that's my weekend role, Pastor Bucky. During the week, uh, I am Superman. You guys knew that already, didn't you? I mean, I'm jumping tall buildings in a single bound. I'm stopping bullets with my hands. I'm faster than a locomotive. Well, maybe. You know, uh, in all honesty, this is church. I can be honest with you guys today, right? Sometimes, sometimes when I leave this place and I go out there, I feel like I got to be Superman. You guys ever feel that? I mean, sometimes I feel like, you know, to be accepted and, and in, in the Orange County Club, to have the value that you need to have to live here. I got I to kind of be at work. I got to be Superman, right? I got to be super achiever. At school, I got to be super performer. I got to get the grades. My kids have got to be super behaved, right? And they got to get a super education at a super college, right? And all of a sudden in the coffee shop, uh, at the soccer field, all the conversation is about super, right? How super the vacation was and how super my job is, how super everything's going in my family. I feel that pressure sometimes to put on a costume in Orange County, right? To put on the, the Superman costume and to show everybody else and prove how super I am. I'm sure you guys don't feel that pressure all out there, but man, it seems really real to me. That's, that's kind of why I'm excited by this series called Flourish that we're in, and if you're here for the first time, welcome to you. You didn't, don't have to come into the door with a costume on. Some of you did, which I'm, I'm, it's fun that you dressed up. The kids are out there. There are a couple of adult costumes out there, but we're going to have a fun time afterwards, but we just want to welcome you here today, and the thing that I love about the vision that God has given to our church, this series called Flourish, is about unpacking this call that he's given us to have a, a community that's generational, a community that's flourishing in God conversations, and authentic love. And that's the word I want to camp on today, authentic love, because I think flourishing, the way Jesus intended it for his church, was that we would enjoy God's authentic love for us, in this relationship that we call fellowship. Fellowship is a Christian term and a Christian word, but for me, fellowship really means deep relationships that are based not on costumes, not on performance, not on pretending, but based on authentic love. The authentic, accepting love that God has for us And because of that, we can be free to be authentic and real and loving with each other. And that creates this incredible flourishing and freedom. There's there's this grace that transforms us. And we we don't have to pretend that we're something we're not. That's the challenge many times in Orange County, right? We have to pretend we're something we're not. If the church is going to be what Christ wants it to be, we can be something that we are. We can become who we truly are. Why God came for us, why God chose us, why God created us, so that we could have this authentic love relationship with him, and we could share his love with others. But it's hard out there, 
And we tend to buy the lie many times in the OC that we've got to dress up, we've got to put on a costume, we've got to be something that we're not. There's a story that I heard about a guy that lost his job, and he went searching, and it was, it was a tough economy. It wasn't like the one today, and he couldn't find a job. He suddenly saw an ad at the zoo. They were looking for somebody to help clean up the zoo grounds. He immediately got that ad, took in, had an interview, and the, and the person that he interviewed was said, oh, shoot, you know, somebody just got that job. But, you know, we do have this gorilla costume. We've lost our gorilla, and if you're willing to put the suit on for a while and just jump in the cage, because, you know, everybody comes and they want to see the gorilla, and if you're willing to do that, you know, maybe for a while until we get a new gorilla, he said, I'll do anything, I'll do anything. So he puts on the gorilla costume, he gets in the cage, and all of a sudden, he's loving being the gorilla, right? <laughs> Jumping around, flying on the cage. He says, I get free bananas every day. Everybody wants to see me. I'm one of the big attractions, and I can do whatever I want to. This is awesome. One day, there was a big crowd. And he was really getting into it. He was swinging in the cage. He did a flip and he shot himself right out of the cage and he landed in the lion cage on his back. Suddenly a 350, 400 pound lion was breathing down his throat. He started screaming, ah, ah, don't help me, I'm going to die. And suddenly he heard from the lion, hey buddy, be quiet, we're all going to lose our jobs. (laughs) Why do we feel this need... In the OC, to dress up as a gorilla or a lion or somebody that we're not so we can achieve or we can be, be accepted or loved, right? And Jesus came to free us from that. It seems to be that there's this, these lies embedded in our culture that says to us, you need to be something you're not. This, this is why we hide. This is why we put on a costume. It's why we wear a mask many times because we believe this lie in Orange County and other places that you are what you own. And suddenly I have to put on this mask of wealth, right? I got to drive the right car or the right emblem on it. I got, I got to have the right neighborhood. I got, to, I got to wear the right suit, you know, so I can be accepted and known and loved in Orange County. We buy the lie of wealth and we put on a wealth mask, right? What about performance, right? That's my life, guys. My whole life, you know, was built on being accepted because of my performance. I thought it had to be perfect if people were going to love me, you know? I was so driven, workaholic, straight A's, MBA, all this stuff, and throwing everything else to the side to perform for people's love. When you, when you are this performance, you put on this production mask. You're always busy. You're always texting, right? You never have time for anybody. Oh, I got to text. I got to answer this. Oh, sorry, I got a bigger name. I got to go here. And you're running as fast as you can. You never have time for anybody else. You put on that mask. What about the lie of power, right? Man, if I'm in control and I'm in the power seat, I've got the position of authority. If I can command a lot of people, if I can direct people, if I can be the captain of the team, man, then I'll be accepted in love. And so we put on this control mask, right? Superiority. We look down on other people. We always have the intellectual answer that's right, right? We put on that mask so we'll be known and loved. And finally, the popularity one. Boy, I I feel so bad for some of the, the next generation that feel like they... They've got to put on a face on their Instagram or their, their post. It's always got to be the right picture. I've got to wear the right stuff. And there's this pressure. Oh, is it, I'm in the right place, you know? Do I have the right photograph? I've got to post. Everybody's got to like it and accept me. What a burden, right? What a challenge to have to put on an image and a face so we can be accepted and loved. This is the burden that we struggle with many times in the OC. This is not what God created us for. I mean, what is the, the mask that you wear? 
right? What is the costume that you're tempted to put on every day in the OC to become something that you're not so you can be accepted and loved and, and be in the crowd, whatever that looks like for you? We're doing this flourish series in small groups and we're gathering together and we're talking about this stuff in real authentic relationships and I'd love for you guys in your groups this week to talk about that. What's the mask that I tend to wear? What, what am I tempted to put on uh, with my, maybe my own family or my neighbors and my friends? We have all got that in our lives. And God doesn't want us to have to bear that burden and pretend and try to become, give our lives to something that we're not. What a burden, what a challenge. Well, this all goes all the way back to the beginning of mankind. You know, before there was Halloween, before there were costumes, there was an original costume party that happened at the beginning of all creation. You see, the, the Bible tells us, the book of Genesis, the book of beginnings, tells us that we were created to be free human beings in the image of God, to know his grace, his love, and to reflect that in the way that we stewarded and managed the creation. We're we're created in this place of love relationship and full knowledge of him and full knowledge of each other, male and female in his image. And there was flourishing. There was freedom. There was authenticity. It says in the the Bible they were naked without shame. And that's not just a physical thing. They were spiritually and emotionally transparent and open. There was no hiding. There was total freedom to be who God created them to be. But somehow they believed a lie. It's a lie that we're all tempted. You can become Superman on your own, right? You can become Superwoman on your own. Just just take that power, take that performance, take that money and make your own image, make your own identity. You can be God without God. You can control your own world. You can run your own planet. You can be God on your own. And they bought that lie, and this is what it says. But the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good and her food and pleasing to the eye, And also desirable for gaining wisdom. Wisdom without God. Wisdom on my own power and my own strength. So she took some of it and she ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too, right? Because that's what guys do. Whatever my wife hands me, I tend to eat it, right? I'm hungry all the time, right? And so they ate it and instead of freedom and flourishing, they got exactly the opposite. Their eyes were both open and they realized they were naked. They felt shame. They felt aloneness and, and disconnectedness. They felt fear and less than. So they put on costumes. Camel. This is the first camo costume, right? They put on camo so they didn't have to see each other. They could hide from each other. They sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord. They not only hid from each other, they hid from God. They were afraid of him. They were afraid of what he might do if he found them. They were afraid of judgment. They felt less than. They felt guilty because they transgressed his command, and so they hid from him. And so as the Lord was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, they hid from the Lord God among the trees in the camouflage of the garden. But the Lord called out to them. The Lord called out. I want you to hear that. The Lord, the Lord is calling out to you today. If you feel that burden that you've got to hide and put on a mask, pretend like you're something you're not in your marriage, with your kids, with your coworkers and your friends, the Lord is calling you out today. Why? To judge you or condemn you? To make you feel shame-filled and less than? He's calling you out, Ashley, to give you the freedom and the grace that he created you for. 
He's been calling out since the beginning of the garden to men and women throughout all the ages, from every tribe, every nation, every community. He's been calling them out of hiding so that they could be found. That's what God is all about in Orange County today. Calling men and women out of hiding so that they can experience the joy of being found. As a hider myself, as a boy when he was maybe 10 years old, that stopped crying because he thought crying was less than a man and didn't cry for till he was 33 until the grace of God found my heart and tears came to my eyes for the first time. I, I took my heart and I, I cut off. I cut off whatever my emotions were about and I felt shame and guilt for my emotions. I felt bad because I had, had hurts and pains. I covered them off and I put on a performance stuff. From the day that God brought me out of that and I've been found, there's so much freedom and grace and healing that's come to my life because people in, in the church called me out. God was calling me out through them. And that's why Jesus came. One of my favorite stories in the Bible is as Jesus, as a wandering rabbi, he goes to villages and he's preaching this good news of the kingdom of God. And he's saying the kingdom of God, the door is open right now for you. Not because of your performance, not because of your perfection, not because you're good enough, your bank account. Nothing. The thing that qualifies you for the kingdom of heaven is God's grace. He's opened the door for, through you. It's through me. That's why I came. Follow me. And I, and I will teach you what it's like to live in the freedom, the glorious freedom of God's gracious rule in his reign. That's the good news. That God loves us and he accepts us and he calls us out into relationship because of his love and his grace the person of Jesus Christ. That was his message, and he's, he's going to this town called Jericho. There's a dude that's a master hider. This guy has a costume. This guy's been hiding for a long time, and his, his costume is about power. He's got a power mask on. It's about control and wealth. He puts on this mask every day, and he walks through the community as a wealthy, rich man. Everybody's afraid of him because, you know what? He can take their money if he wants it because he's in bed with the Roman government, He's a Jewish guy, but he sold out his Jewish nation, his heritage, for money. And so he can go around and he can elicit taxes from anybody he wants to. And if Rome says the tax, you know, the, 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 tax, uh, the governmental tax on everybody in, in, in Israel is 15%, he could charge 20%, 30%, 45%, and he gets whatever on the top of that. He's a tax collector. One of the most heinous, hated words in Israel. If you were a faithful Jew, tax collectors were the worst of the worst. They were worse than Gentiles. Right? They, they, they were unredeemable. They were cursed. They were going to hell in a handbasket. They didn't deserve anything from anybody. And this man who wore this mask was a tax collector. And he was hiding from God and hiding behind this mask of wealth and power and money. His name is Zacchaeus. You've probably heard this story before. As Jesus comes in the town, there's big crowds because this is at the end of his ministry and the crowds are gathering on the streets and stuff. And Zacchaeus, the thing about him, even though he's got this mask, I want to tell you something about Zacchaeus. And people that I see many times with masks on, deep inside their heart, they want to be found. Did you know that? All those people that put on those masks, that they're superior and they're better than, that they got that going on with the money, they're always telling you how great everything is and wonderful and they give you the story and they do all this stuff secretly inside. They feel broken and less than. Behind that mask, there is darkness, there is fear, 
There's this sense of self-condemnation and judgment. I know that because behind my performance mask in front of people, I felt so broken. I felt ashamed of some of the things that I had done. I, I felt all alone. Because when you have a mask, guess what? Only people can love is your mask. They can't love you and they can't know you. Zacchaeus was dying inside. He was claustrophobic. And so he climbs up in a tree. He's got his mask on. He climbs up on a tree just to look at Jesus because secretly in his heart he's just longing to be found. You know how I know this? When I was raising my kids, I let my daughter Riley, when she was just like you know, a four-year-old, three or four, the time when you start to do peekaboo and hide-and-seek, we would play those games in our house, but the weird thing about Riley, she'd always go to the same place. No, 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 no. I'm trying to teach her somewhere else. She'd always go to the same place and hide, and she'd do it over and over. I was, What's wrong? She doesn't get this game. And then I figured it out. She doesn't care about hiding. <laughs> she just wants to be found. <laughs> she wants Daddy to hug her and love her. <laughs> because she knows her father loves her, right? She knows who's coming after her is this loving, gracious father that wants to hug her and is adoring her so she wants to be found and deep inside people want to be found by a God who loves them a God who's merciful a God who's kind a God who's good accepting and loving and that's Jesus Christ if you want to know what God is like look into the face of Jesus Christ he said I I am God come to be with you I am God come to find you I am God who is merciful and kind and tender. I am God who is forgiving. I am God who is willing to go to a cross and die for all the shame and all the stuff that you're hiding in your heart from everybody else so you can be free of that stuff and you can be clean and forgiven and you can become who I created you to become. What an amazing thing. And so as Jesus walks through the, through the city, he stops right at the spot where Zacchaeus is hiding. And Jesus reaches the spot and he looks right at Zacchaeus because he's going after him. He's seeking this man. And he said, Zacchaeus, come down from that tree. I must stay at your house today. Now, you have to understand, for Jesus to say that, that's revolutionary. Because Jesus is a rabbi. He's a Jew, right? And rabbis don't hang out with unclean, unredeemable tax collectors. Matter of fact, you hang out with them and you get unclean. You get their disease. And so there's this huge separation, this religious mass that all the spiritual leaders in Israel have, and they're pushing everybody away. And Jesus says, that's not what I came to build a religion. No, no, no. Religion, that's a bunch of dead people with masks on, right? I came to set people free. I came that they might have grace and relationship. And so when he calls Zacchaeus out of the train and says, I want to come to your house, what he's saying in the Jewish culture is, I want to be your friend, Zacchaeus. I want to be your intimate friend for life. You didn't just have casual meals in ancient Israel. When you sat down with somebody for a meal, you said, I want to be your forever. I want to be your friend. I want to be your covenant partner. I want to be your buddy. I want to, be a, I want to have your back. I want us to have a friendship. That's what he was saying. It was revolutionary. That's why everybody started... Can you believe you're going to be that sinner, Zacchaeus? Because Jesus is breaking down those walls and pulling down those masks and inviting people to true freedom. And Zacchaeus is overwhelmed that Jesus would call him out and want to love on him like that. So he came down at once and welcomed him. All the people saw this and began to mutter. He has gone to the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Lord, look. I now give half of my possessions to the poor. 
And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man is a son of Abraham. This man is a child of promise. This man is my chosen one. Zacchaeus letting go of his mask, his false identity. It's his wealth, right? He's letting go of that and he's giving it away. Why? Because God's love is displaced. You see, our masks are false identities. It's a false identity that we build our life upon. The Bible calls that an idol. Our masks are just idols that we hide behind. Money, power, wealth, success to prove our worth. It's our way of becoming supermen and superwomen on our own, right? And when we take off that mask and we repent of a false identity and we turn and we follow Jesus, we are found and transformed by the gracious love of God. See, God's love is so much more important than that false idol because he's, he's got this acceptance and grace. He throws it all out. I don't need that idol anymore. Jesus has displaced his idol. He's become his covering. He's become his clothing, his grace and his mercy. He's become this accepting relationship with God. That's the transferring power of God's grace. That's why he calls us out. The joy of being found is the joy of being transformed by God's grace and then sharing that with others, inviting others to take off their masks. It's the most amazing thing when I see somebody come to a small group in our church and take off that mask and allow people to find them and love them in grace and God's truth. Their lives are changed. They become different people because of the gracious love and the help of God's people. See, that's what flourishing means. When Jesus came to found his church, he said, I will build my church and it will be flourishing because of grace and truth and because of my love. And that's what God wants for his people. He doesn't want us to come to church and put on religious masks. And sadly, many times that's the church. We're a bunch of people that put on Jesus' faces and we pretend like everything's great. And we're not authentic and real and deep inside. We have problems. We have pains and struggles. We have addiction. We have anger issues. We have brokenness and shame. And we can't tell anybody in the church about it. That is the most religious thing that makes God's heart so sad. And he wants us to be safe enough and loving enough and trusting enough to take off our masks and be real with each other about who we truly are in our story. And when we're real with our story, when we take that, that's where God's grace, it's, it's his acceptance of us. See, that's what a flourishing community, it's when we accept people right where they're at, not based on their mask or their performance or how good they are or what their money is or where they came from or their story. We accept them based on God's accepting grace for us. That's what Paul writes, right? In Romans, accept one another, right? A church should be a place where we accept everyone who comes in the door right where they're at. There's no judgment. There's no guilt. There's no hatred. There's love and acceptance. That's the kind of love that changed the first century world. That's why the church was so attractive to people. Because regardless of where you came from, you could find God's grace and acceptance and love right? Accept one another just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. Here's another one from Paul. Do not lie to each other. See, we lie to each other when we put on the mask and we pretend like we're something we're not, right? I lied to my wife the first five years of our marriage. I lied to her about who I was. I pretended that I was Superman. I had it all together and I didn't. 
And you know what? One day I got found. And fortunately, because Kathleen accepted me with the grace of Christ, as much as that pained her that I lied to her, God turned a religious relationship into a deeper relationship of forgiveness and love. And God changed me, and he changed our marriage. And we have an authentic relationship, not a play, pretend, fake relationship in Orange County because of the grace of God. Stop lying to others since you have taken off your old self. That's the mask. You've taken off that old lie of building your identity on on money, power, success, whatever you want to build it on except for God. Take that off and put on the new self, right? That's the love of Christ. That's your identity as God's beloved child in Jesus, right? Forgiveness, grace, truth, and mercy, right? And it's being renewed daily as you put that on with God's word, as you put that on with the people of God, as you learn how to live out of your true self, your true identity, God is transforming you. And now you realize you're you're a part of a new creation, right? You're being renewed in the image of your creator. There's no more Gentile or Greek. There's no more false identities, right? Money, power, Gentile, Greek. So there's no more Gentile, Greek, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free. The church was full of all these people, these people that hated each other because of the mass, right? And they've been taken off, and now they're learning to love each other. The church was revolutionary. All people from all walks and all different stories, they're now free in Christ to be fully loved and fully known and to love others. This is the revolution of what a church can be when it's full of God's love a place of fellowship of acceptance, a fellowship of authenticity, right? Once we're accepted, once people start loving us and we understand that we're accepted in Christ, we can get real now. We don't have to play games anymore. We can authentically share our stories, whether whether there's brokenness or shame or celebration, we can be who we are. We don't have to pretend anymore. Here's what it says. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that that you might be healed. That's where healing comes from, from that false identity. And there's this healing of God's grace and his forgiveness that goes from our head deep into our heart and deep in our relationships. Do you have a place where you can be honest with someone about who you are? Sadly, in America today, friendships are so shallow, so short-lived, so transient, I think one of, the, one of the statistics say less than 20% of men have a friend to call if they go through a real crisis because they feel like they've got to have a mask on all the time and they can't be real. How sad, how tragic for a man to suffer alone in, in his brokenness and shame and have nobody who cares, nobody he thinks he could call to be honest about his brokenness with. Do you have that kind of a relationship in your life? That is, that is truly a gift. And I would encourage you, if you want that kind of relationship, to begin to cultivate that into, in a community of faith with people that are safe, with people that you can build trusting relationships, people that you can learn to share your story and get, get, get God's grace deeper into your life. Confess your sins one to another in community. I, I meet with a group of men regularly Thursday, and what do we do? Many times we just take off our masks. And we say, you know what, I'm, I'm struggling here. I'm broken. I I feel less than. I have shame in my life. I messed up in my marriage. Would you guys pray for me and help me? Uh, I've done something wrong financially, and I don't know how to get out of it, right? And, And instead of judgment and shame and guilt, what they get is love and acceptance and encouragement. Where does that happen in the world where you can take off your mask and receive God's grace and love? This is what the church should be about, authenticity. 
If we claim to have fellowship with him, if we claim to have this deep connection with God, right? If we claim to be Christians, Christ followers, and yet walk in the darkness, yet have this hidden darkness in our lives, put on a religious mask. That's what Jesus was so frustrated with the religious leaders. We're close to God. We're the chosen people. And Jesus says, but behind that mask, you got dead men's bones. You're not even real about the stuff in your life. That's a, that's a religious pseudo community. Jesus says, I don't want anything to do with that. But this is what the, the truth says. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the doors, we lie and we don't live the truth. But if we walk in the light, if we take our masks off, if we come clean to each other, if we're honest to each other as he is in the life, we have fellowship with one another, real deep relationships. And the blood of Christ, right? That's our covering That's where forgiveness and covering and grace come from. Jesus' body and blood purifies us from sin. If we claim to be without sin, again, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not as. If we confess our sins, if we come clean, if we're honest and real, if we own our part, what does it say? It says that Jesus is faithful and just to forgive us and purify us. How does that happen? Just by powering up? In becoming better people, do we really change? No, I I found out that I change more when I'm honest and authentic about my brokenness. And I put that into the light. And I ask people to pray for me. And I ask for accountability. And I walk with a fellowship of men. God's grace begins to change me. God's power begins to move when I take off the mask and I let the light come into the darkness. That's an authentic community right there. Being transformed by God's grace. And finally, a fellowship of assistance, right? What is the biggest lie in Orange County? I can do it on my own, right? I'm the Lone Ranger, man. I can, make it ha- I can have my own business. I can have my own thing. I don't need you guys. I've got my wand for my TV. I've got my door. I go into my castle. I close it. I don't need anybody else. i got everything dialed in. Siri is all I need. She takes care of all my needs. I don't need anybody. I can be a Lone Ranger, Right? And that's such a lie. Nobody gets to being a good father alone. Nobody gets to being a good husband alone. Nobody gets to being the person that God created to be alone. That's why God gave you the people in this room. And to think that church is coming and just hearing a sermon and leaving, that, that's not church. That's just the, the front door to intimacy with God. Church is people gathering together during the week, unpacking their brokenness, talking about their struggles, praying for each other, encouraging each other, walking together in real community. That's church. That's what Jesus came to build. That's how discipleship, we need each other. We need each other's encouragement. We need other accountability. We need prayers. We need that. And, And that's what Jesus says. Go and make disciples baptizing people in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey. Where do we learn to obey? In a family of gracious people that love us and encourage us to walk the right path. We all need that. Just like nobody's really raised without help as a family. You didn't come out as a baby and raise yourself. People poured in you. People invested. That's what a family of God is. It's encouraging you to grow up and become the person that God created you to be. We all need discipleship. We all need to grow in our faith, and we need each other to do that. Look what it says here in Hebrews. Let none of you, let let us gather together to consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. 
not giving up meeting together. I'm too busy, guys. I got to make money. I'm too busy, guys. I, I, I got to watch the games. I TiVo them all. I'm too busy. I got, I got tickets, man. I'm too busy. I got to go to Disneyland. I'm too busy. I just can't meet with you guys. I just don't have the time. I'm just too busy. I'm too busy to become like Jesus. I've got my ticket to heaven. I know when I die, I'm good. I'm just too busy. I'm too busy to become the person that God created me to be. What a tragedy for us if we miss out on the calling that God has given us to become dynamic, authentic disciples and displayer of his love. And that's why we need to gather together because we need to spur one another on towards love and good deeds. We need the fellowship of the brethren. if We're going to be the people that God created us to be and be free in that. I just want to encourage you guys. You know? There's somebody in our church that uh, has an amazing story of how this happened to her, and uh, she was willing to put that on video for us. She's an amazing lady. Her name's Sherry, and we have a video of her story, and I think Mel's going to tee that up. And listen to this as she talks about the freedom and the forgiveness and the healing she received as she got into this fellowship, this community of God's grace and His acceptance. You ready to go, Mel? So, Sherry, today's message is all about fellowship. We're trying to explain to folks that fellowship is different than just your everyday community because you have freedom to be who you really are. Uh, One of the ways I've heard you share that you found that is through a small group. So so tell us about your first small group experience at Watermark. So, uh, well, my husband and I uh, decided to come to Watermark from a large church. And at the large church, we were just kind of... um, Invisible, somewhat. I think partially because we wanted it that way. So we came to Watermark, and uh, my husband said, oh, let's join this small group. So I thought, oh, okay, here we go. And I I really didn't want to join the small group. And I had a lot of pain in my life. And I I was kind of hiding. And because of the pain, um, my son was struggling. Um, and have been for quite a few years, and it, it was just easier for me to kind of remain anonymous. It was, uh, I wanted to experience church, and I wanted to experience God, but I didn't want people to get too close to me. Right. So, uh, so we went, we went to the small group, right. I went reluctantly, and it, everyone was so nice, but the reason I didn't want to go is because I, I can I can actually remember thinking to myself, if I go, then I'm going to have to expose myself, mm. and they're going to find out about me, wow. and they're going to find out about my pain, mm-hmm. and it was a very deep pain, and I couldn't even really uh, talk about myself and my life without just completely... Bursting into tears. So, uh, anyway, so we went, and uh, everyone was just so kind to me. And over over the weeks, as the weeks progressed, uh, things started coming out about my life because I couldn't sit in a small group where everyone was sharing intimate details of their life and sharing life together and be this fraud. Right, right, because right. I had a mask on, mm. and I only wanted people to see the mask. There, there was a big facade there, mm. and uh, slowly but surely, the love of these people uh, 
helped me to take my mask off, helped me to know that it's okay to be me, it's okay to be broken, it's okay to have a broken heart. Yeah. I don't have to have it all together. That's amazing, Sherry. And every single one of us, I love that word you used even, exposed. <laughs> every single one of us has a persona. We have some kind of facade that we're keeping up, we're busy keeping up. Right. And I know this as a, as a parent as well, that we have these hopes for our kids and they don't pan out that way. Regardless of what the struggle is, that's not our perfect vision. And so uh, thank you for sharing that part of it. Um, uh, what would you say, in light of this group that met you, right where you were at, and they, they still loved on you, uh, what would you say has changed now uh, as a byproduct of that experience? Well, I, I, you know, these people in this group just, uh, uh, they accepted me. Mm -hmm. And uh, the byproduct of that has been that I've just been able, they, they taught me that it's okay to be me, that I'm okay, and it, it, it's, it's, to me, it's Christ in them, and they were loving me uh, the way that God loves me. Right. They, uh, they accepted me, uh, and they allowed me to be vulnerable, and they still accepted me even in my brokenness. Even in uh, you know the midst of my pain, there, there were often times I would come to, to group and uh, I couldn't get a word out mm -hmm. without crying, yeah. and there was that there was that much pain. So they walked me through that, mm -hmm. and uh, it, I mean for me, it's like they I saw God mm -hmm. in them, right. and. The more I went, the more I went, uh, the more loving they became, and they genuinely cared. Mm -hmm. And I have come across a lot of people in my life who, uh, they don't genuinely care, mm -hmm. but this particular group of people in this church, they cared. Yeah. And, uh, and it was an authentic love. Right. And that, it has transformed my life. Yeah being these people in this group. And even when I have uh, fallen off and not gone to group for a while, right, when I go back, it's not, uh, you know, where have you been? It's where have you been? We've missed you. I mean, this is a family. This is a lifelong spiritual family for me. And these people, they have no idea the impact that they've had on their life. Well, that's a beautiful picture and definition of fellowship, Sherry. We thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, I'm confident today it's going to be encouragement to the folks watching uh, to take that plunge and to work towards freedom and, uh, and even being exposed in the most gnarly parts of our lives. So thank you. Amen. That's where many times God does his best work. I like to think it's a great sermon, super sermon or super music or super coffee or whatever it is on Sunday and these are all good things and beautiful things but God does his best work when we get with a community of people that authentically love us that invite us to take off the mask and invite us to true fellowship it's really in true fellowship that we experience the love of God incarnate and we take that mask off and the healing begins and we can begin to step into that new identity that God wants us, that new set of clothes. It's His grace. It's why He came and died for us, to cover us with His mercy and His love. Our true identity as the beloved child of God 
You have gifts, you have passions and dreams that God wants to restore and renew and, and bring you into this season of flourishing in your relationships and in your community. And that all comes from our authentic calling and self as children of God. Where, where are you guys at this morning uh, with community? Just a couple of ideas that uh, next steps that might you might want to ponder as I pray for us this morning. One thing is just to take off the mask before God. Have, have you ever gone to a quiet place or even been in a church where you've said, Jesus, I want to stop pretending. I want to stop playing games with you and with others and I want, I want to show you my true self. I want to unpack my, my brokenness and my shame and give it to you and allow you to take, I'm going to take that promise that you said, I forgive you. You can give all that stuff to me. You can leave it right at the cross and I forgive you and I embrace you. I see who you are and I love you just as you are. See, faith is accepting that I'm accepted by the love of Christ and the forgiveness of God. Have you ever accepted God's gracious offer to let go of all that stuff and let him have it and try to walk a new life out? What about just praying for the courage? Maybe you're on this journey and it's going to take courage to go back to the workplace or even to your family and, and be a true person, an authentic person and stop playing games with people and pray for the courage to be truthful and authentic with others. Maybe there's an area of your life that you're hiding and God's calling you out to be that person of light for him, wherever that means. Maybe that means having an authentic conversation. Maybe it means owning something and confessing someone to something that somebody you've hurt and trying to make that right with them. Uh, wh- what about having coffee with Ben? He's the funnest guy. Or me, and just share your story. I, I'd love to hear your story. I'd love to pray for you. I'd love to encourage you on this journey. That's what we're here for. And we're always available to hear and to listen and to encourage. Uh, maybe it's joining a small group, jumping into a group of Watermark and learning how to practice authentic community with a group of people that are just like Sherry, that are safe and loving and that will encourage you, and you can encourage them. It's a mutual thing. But wherever you're at here today, Jesus is calling you to fellowship and to own that freedom in authentic community. I want to pray for us this morning as we bow our heads and close the service and worship. Father, this morning we want to take off the mask, whatever that means for us. I thank you that I don't have to be Superman out there or super pastor. I I confess, Lord, when I get with other pastors, I I want to lie about how big my church is. Lord, I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to pretend that I'm some. I want to be authentic with other pastors, even though I feel less than or not enough. But, Lord, there's people here that feel like they've got to put on a mask at their work or maybe in their relationships. They feel like they've got to pretend. There's secrets inside of their heart maybe that need cleansing and healing. Lord, would you, would you call them out of the tree? Would you call them out of the mask and their costume and bring them into the light of fellowship, authentic healing, community, love? Show us this morning the secret of the easy yoke that you are with us and that you accept us and that you bless us and that you've healed us and we can walk in newness of life because of your death and resurrection, Jesus. Heal us with that transforming power so that we can have authentic fellowship with one another. Call us out and worship here. May we be real. May we be honest with you. May we be open about the the brokenness and pain of our heart. And may that transform into our lives and relationships. We thank you, Jesus, for your healing grace. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for the power of your love. Transform us now as we give our lives, as we come to the altar and we lay it down this morning. Give us your grace. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. We hope that this message has challenged and encouraged you. 
If you need prayer, would like to join a small group community, or are interested in partnering with our work throughout Costa Mesa and Orange County, please go to watermarkoc.com. We would love to start a conversation.